0: So today begins a new year and I want to ask, and you can show me by hand, how many of you are planning to make new year resolutions or maybe have already done so? Yeah, quite a good number. You see every new year presents an opportunity, a unique opportunity for people to set bigger goals for themselves. And every new year millions of people set goals with the hope to spark positive change with the hope of having a renewed sense of purpose and a quick research or just a quick scan on the internet shows common habits people plan to develop habits to spark positive change and all of these are found in key areas some of these areas include health like going to the gym, um, something I must do myself. And in areas like finance, how much you want to save. As well as in areas such as vocation, what career goals, what development in your own training that you want to get. But many who make New Year resolutions are also familiar with one harsh reality. The reality of falling short or missing the mark by the end of the year. And as believers, God has spiritual goals he has set for us. Goals for our own sanctification. But there is a difference. There is a difference in how spiritual goals are met in God and in how goals are accomplished in general. Because unlike many New Year resolutions, God is active, actively involved in our spiritual goals. And this is what our passage today shows us. Peter, earlier on, challenges his audience in 1 Peter and all believers to live holy lives, to love one another, to put away all hypocrisy, envy, deceit, and slander. Now, these are very high goals. How are believers able to accomplish these goals? In First Peter 1, 2, verses 4 to 10, Peter shows how God is active in helping believers accomplish these goals. Peter shows how God helps us to live for him. Peter encourages believers with God's building project, God's spiritual house. He encourages believers to live for God by showing us the house God himself is building. Peter speaks this truth to a people in exile. He encourages a persecuted church with a reminder of what God is building for one reason, so that they live for God. It is a reminder of God's beautiful house. Peter shows us what God is building with the church in mind. This is amazing, and this amazing news should motivate us this new year. It should motivate us to live for God. Would you please now open your Bibles with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. And I will be reading from verses 4 to 10. And if you are able, please stand for the reading of God's word. As you come to him, But now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. As we start this new year, let's make it a priority to live for God. And as we do so, let's be motivated by what God is building. Let's be motivated by the house he builds. And this is my sermon in a sentence. Be encouraged by the house God is building so you live for him. Be encouraged by the house God is building, so you live for him. And we are going to see three truths about God's spiritual house. First, we are going to see how Jesus is key to the process God uses in building his house. And second, we are going to see the honor Jesus brings believers in God's house. And then finally, we are going to see that God's glory is his overall purpose in building his house. If we are to put away old patterns of behaviours and live for God, we need to see these truths and remind ourselves of them this new year. And these truths should motivate us to live for God, to live for God this new year and beyond. The first truth we see is how Jesus is key to the process God uses in building his house. If you are familiar with New Year resolutions, you know by now how it works. You know, it's generally speaking, it's a self-help tool. It's kind of a pull yourself by your bootstrap kind of deal. But this is not the case with God's process. Because God plays an active role in building us up. And we need God's help. In fact, without God's help, we make no progress In our work of sanctification. Without God's help, we are undone. When God calls us to be holy, he gives us the means to be holy. And so the first phrase we see, out of the gate, is so important. Look at verse 4 with me. As you come to him. Come is important, and so is him. Him in this verse refers to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which is mentioned in verse 3. And so we don't go away from our Savior to spark positive change. Rather, we come we come to our Savior, Jesus. And he's sufficient. Jesus is sufficient for us. He's sufficient for our growth in sanctification. And as we come to Jesus, this new year, God continues to build us up. He builds us into his amazing house. And God's spiritual house is not cheap. And so it is not a quick fix. God's process takes time. It requires our coming to Jesus on a continuous basis. This is what come in verse 4 and build in verse 5 means. They are both used in the present tense. And this gives a sense of an ongoing activity. So this new year, make your coming to Jesus number one. Make Jesus number one in your personal life. Make Jesus number one in your family life. And there are many resources out there to use for personal and family devotions. There are daily Bible reading plans and other resources to call yourself and your family to worship. And if you need any help finding these resources, just talk to me after service. Or you can just grab one of our ministry staff to point you to some resources. And also, we don't want to excuse ourselves from corporate worship. We don't make our presence in the church a one-time event. So don't stop showing up. Make it a habit and a routine this new year. Make sure you prioritize coming to the gathering of God's people. Plan ahead to meet with Jesus. Take time this new year to evaluate what is competing For your time with Jesus take time this new year to then revise these priorities make some decisions about it and as we come to Jesus God builds us up he builds us through Jesus because Jesus is God's chosen and precious means this is a great privilege we have for all of us who come to Jesus he's a living stone rejected by many but in the sight of God, he is chosen and precious. And as believers, we are whatever we are because of Jesus. We are living stones because he is our living stone. We have resurrection life because of our resurrected Savior. Living stone is another way of describing our resurrection life in Christ. And resurrection life comes about by receiving the living and abiding word of God. As people who have this new resurrection life, God calls us to be holy. And he's the one who builds us into holiness. God is the one who builds us into a holy priesthood. God builds us into priests who offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Like St. Augustine said, the African church father, he said, God commands his will and he gives what he commands. God commands us to be holy and he works in us to the very end, the very end of our lives to accomplish his purpose. And I hope this encourages you. It does encourage me. I hope it encourages you this new year. I hope you lean into the work God is doing in you through Jesus. I hope you see the unique focus of God's process. This is not about self-help. This is about God's help. Our focus is on what God is doing through Jesus. And beloved, this is good news. This is amazing good news. And all who come to Jesus live lives with the honor Jesus gives them. So we don't only find strength for the journey, we also find honor. We also find honor. And this is my second point. Jesus brings honor to all who believe in him. Jesus brings honor to all who believe in him. One thing is certain in this world. If you want honor, you have to earn it. Honor is not given in this world. Rather, it is earned. And because of this, many people find their value in all kinds of places and in all kinds of things many find their value in the things the world values and so for some new year resolutions are a means to earn a place they are a means to earn a position to earn a place at the table because our world honors those who look so good. Our world honors those who have the best of jobs, and our world earns those with money. Just a quick story. This Christmas, my son had a ridiculous request. I've never heard of that before. Like, he, he wrote his wish. He wants $300 million. And <laughs> I asked myself, what is an eight-year-old going to do with $300 million? And for sure, he knows he's not going to get that from me. (laughs) You know. Um, But I gave his request or wish further thought. And I just reflected. He, He at least knows the value of money. He knows what money can buy in this world. And he sees this, that the more stuff you have, The more others value you it was a good time to encourage him that this is not so with god this is not so with jesus look with me at verse 7 so the honor is for you who believe all who believe in jesus have honor placed on them no one earns his or her place at the table of jesus everyone everyone is freely given a place of value When they come to Jesus. If you believe in Jesus. The price of your ticket has already been paid. Paid in full. And you are already on the bus. So begins the verse in verse 7. But it can also be translated as therefore. And it summarizes what has come before in verse 6. And in verse 6 we see how Jesus is precious. Jesus is the precious foundation for believers. Jesus is the chosen and precious cornerstone. And the key word here is cornerstone. Peter quotes Isaiah 28, 16 in verses. Where God says, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. In ancient construction, cornerstones play key role the entire building project begins by cutting first a cornerstone now the rest of the stones are now set and aligned to this cornerstone so you find the cornerstone having set the angles the proper angles for this edifice or building and as a foundational stone it determines the entire shape of the house God's house stands on Jesus, the cornerstone. Jesus is at the center of God's house. But what is also true is that God's house is at the center of God's universe. And you and I are part of this spiritual house. And so for all who believe in Jesus, we are already on solid ground. The ground is firm and we are on it. God, creator of the universe, is building something new in Christ. And he gives each and every one of us a role to play. We are built on Christ Jesus, God's solid foundation. So we are not simply landscapes. We are not simply part of the furniture. We are part of the house itself. We are God's own house. This is the greatest honor you will find for all time. Because when everything is said and done, only God's house will stand. Yes, only God's house will stand. No human building project in history will stand. Not the Taj Mahal in India. Not the Pyramid of Giza. Not the Capitol building. Not the White House. Only God's house will stand. And God has chosen you and I to be part of his masterpiece. And this honor is yours in Christ. So live with this honor you have. Remind yourself constantly of this honor. Because this is already yours. This honor is already yours in Christ. I hope this truth calms our nerves as we enter 2023. God doesn't love us because we are worthy. It is his love that makes us worthy. So you don't do life, don't do life for God this new year, hoping to end a place. You already have this standing in Christ. You live for God this new year because you are motivated by what God has already done for you. You seek, you seek and desire holiness because of what God has done for you. You put away hypocrisy, envy because of what God has done for you in Christ. You long to grow in God's word because you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. So let's celebrate. Let's celebrate what God has done in our lives and may it encourage us. May it encourage us to live for God this new year. May it be our motivation for our personal and family devotions. May it be our motivation for attending corporate worship. May this be our motivation for giving to the work of God. This is the honor we have in Jesus as believers. But of a truth, not everyone. Not everyone in this world has this honor. Because not everyone builds on Jesus. Not everyone believes in Jesus. And for all who do not believe, it is a different story. This is what we see in the remainder of verse 7 and the rest of verse 8. Look with me at these verses. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and the stone of stumbling and the rock of offense. They stumble because they disobeyed the word as they were destined to do. These quotations are from Psalm 118 and Isaiah 8. And they show the rejection of Jesus and the judgment for rejecting Jesus. Jesus applies Psalm 118, verse 22, to himself in Matthew 21. In Matthew 21, the consistent message is this, rejection. Jesus is rejected by the religious leaders. And so these leaders have crucified Jesus. But the death of Jesus is according to God's sovereign plan. And so God raises Jesus from the dead. And now everyone, everyone has to deal with Jesus, God's cornerstone. Everyone has to deal with Jesus on the day of judgment. So if you are here and you do not believe in Jesus, take note of this because everyone must decide. And there is no neutral ground. You must either accept or reject Jesus. Jesus is either your cornerstone or he's nothing to you. He's not a stone in your building, but he calls you to be built on him. And this is either wonderful news to you or the most offensive news you've ever heard. C.S. Lewis says this, either this man, Jesus, was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse, But everyone must decide. I call on you to not stumble on account of Jesus. Because your rejection of Jesus impacts your very destiny. Your rejection of Jesus has consequences on how you live today and where you go when you die. This is a matter of life and death. This is a matter of judgment and salvation. And your acceptance of Christ brings you into God's house. So take some time to reflect on this message. Reflect on the good news of Christ's life and his death and his resurrection. And what it means to you. Repent and tend to him. Believe in Jesus as your savior and your Lord and become part of God's house this new year so you get to live for him. For us who believe in Jesus, I have a simple question for us. Are we truly honored to be called Christians? Are we honored to be called Christians in America today? Or is our faith something we must try, try very hard to hide? We may be considered irrelevant nobodies to the world, to the culture. But we are truly part of something glorious, something amazing, something big. And so we are not to hide what we are in Christ. We are not to hide Jesus from our family and friends. Rather, we are to live with the honor Jesus brings us and use our lives to proclaim the goodness of our God. Because God has a purpose for this resurrection life he gives us. This is a wonderful privilege we have. And we are to use our privilege to proclaim the excellencies of our God. And this is the third and final truth we see in our passage. God's purpose is for us to glorify him with our lives. God's purpose is for us to glorify him with our lives. Every building is built with a plan and a purpose. And so is God's house. For all who are God's people, God shows us why he chose us in the first place. He shows us what he has in mind for us. And the reason is this, to praise him. He brings us out of darkness into his marvelous light so that we get to praise him. We see this truth in verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Peter makes reference to two Old Testament passages to show our redemption. And the purpose of our redemption He draws from Exodus 19 and Isaiah 43 to make this point. And these passages deal with Israel. It shows God's dealings with his people in the Old Testament. You see, God chooses Israel out of all the nations in the world to become his people. And God's choice of Israel is to proclaim God's marvelous deeds. And it's amazing when you look at the Old Testament context. It is at Mount Sinai that God calls Israel a people of his own possession, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And so Israel is motivated to bring praise to God because of God's deliverance. Because at Sinai, they remember the slavery they were in in Egypt and what God did by his handiwork, bringing them out out of slavery, out of Egypt. In the same way, as God's people, we are able to bring praise to God because of God's deliverance, because of God's saving work through Jesus. Israel's unique privilege in the Old Testament is now the church's unique privilege. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. And this is amazing. This is an amazing privilege. We, who are Gentiles, have become God's people. Each and every believer in this room, at one time, was not God's people. But thanks be to Jesus, and thanks be to God for sending Jesus. We are God's people, not because of anything we've done, but because of everything God has done. Everything that God has done in Christ this is what verse 10 says once you were not a people but now you are God's people once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy God's demonstration of his deep mercy to Israel as shown in Hosea 2 now applies to God's church we who once served the gods of this age are now the redeemed of the true God, of the true God of all ages. We who were once slaves to money, to sex, to power, are now God's treasured possession. So we are to show gratitude to God. And we do so by living lives that bring praise to God, by loving God and our neighbours, By waging war against our sins. This is what it means to love the light. As one pastor put it, we are to live in the world, but not live like the world, so we speak to the world. We are to live in the world, but not live like the world, so we speak to the world. Unbelievers are able to see our transformed lives. Unbelievers see as we display God's transforming work in us, in our neighborhoods, and in our workplace. And we also show gratitude to God by declaring the gospel, God's transforming truth to those we encounter, to those we encounter in our neighborhoods and in our workplace. So church, this new year, may we live for God. May we be encouraged by the house God is building, so we live for him. Let's make it a point to come to Jesus this year more than we've done in the past. Because this is the process God has chosen for building his house. And there is no other way. Let's live with the honor that we have in Christ Jesus. We are part of God's house, brothers and sisters. This is a big deal. And as we do so, let's not forget to keep God's purpose front and center. Let's live in praise of his name. Let's live to the praise of his glory. By our words and our actions. This is beautiful. Hope you see it. Hope you are motivated by it. Please pray with me. Father, thank you calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light and for all you've done for us in Christ. Father all your work is amazing and what you are building with us is beautiful and we don't deserve any of this. May your wonderful work motivate us to live for you this new year. May it encourage us to cast away the works of darkness May we be a people who declare your excellencies this year by what we say and by what we do. In Jesus' name, amen.